0: You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at (laughs) Uh. (laughs) bethanynaz.org. Aren't you thankful that God loves us so much? And aren't you thankful that he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us in this life? And aren't you thankful that just as he raised Jesus from the dead, he raises us? to new life in him amen you know i have a friend that i talked to you about some his name is jeffrey we've been friends since college he pastors or he's a pastor rather he's a district superintendent now down in south texas we talk on the phone a few times a week and the other day when he called he said hey i got to tell you about my dentist appointment and i said okay and he says this this hygienist that cleaned my teeth she's probably done that for me maybe four or five times now and uh, he said when i got in the chair she says Hey, remind me again, what do you do? And he said, I told her that I was a minister. She said, that's what I thought, because I wanted to tell you what I just did. So he says, what did you do? She says, I just ordered online a new Bible. And I got one with study notes in it so that I could, you know, maybe understand better what I'm reading. And he congratulated her on ordering a new Bible. And she says to him, do you have like a favorite verse in the Bible? And he says, well, I have a favorite chapter. It's Luke 15, and and Jesus tells three stories about a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. And the point that he's making is that we are so valuable to God and how far God would go to reach any of us. And so she said, I guess I should read Luke 15. And he said, I think you should. And then she said to him, have you ever been on a missions trip? Because sometimes I think maybe I would like to go on a missions trip someday. And he says, yeah, I've been on many missions trips. He said, but the one I want to tell you about is the one I went with my friend Rick on because we went to this small country in southern Africa called Eswatini. And the reason I want to tell you about it and the reason you'll like the story is because some people in that church gave a lot of money to build a dental clinic. And he said, I actually got to go visit it. And it was awesome. And the day that I was there, the line was so long of people waiting to see a dentist. The need is so great. And she thought it was kind of a cool story. He said, it's the small things on those trips that get to you, though. And she says, what do you mean? He said, well, one day my friend Rick and I, we were riding in this combi. It's a, a mini bus. And there were these two Swazi ladies behind us. And so we're kind of turned, you know, talking to them as we're driving down the road. And the one lady says to the other, oh, I almost forgot. I brought something I wanted you to read. And she hands her this article. And the lady says, I can't read anymore. And she says, you can't read anymore? And she says, no, I can't see to read. And my friend Jeffrey, instead of hair on his head, he usually has reading glasses. And so he just took them off and he handed to the lady and he said, try these. And so the lady puts on these glasses and she picks up the article and she starts to cry. And she looks at her friend and she said, I can read. (laughs) It was a powerful moment. And Jeffrey said, "They're yours." Jeffrey and I are at the stage of our lives that um, no one ever cries alone. If you cry, we will cry with you." And so now we're crying. We're driving down the road, and he looks over at me, and he holds up two fingers. And I said, "What?" And he holds up two fingers again, and I go, "I, I don't get it. What are you saying?" And he said, two bucks is what I paid for those glasses at Walgreens. And it changed her life. This is a country where people live on less than two dollars a day. She says to Jeffrey, do you you think maybe it would be good for me to listen to maybe a preacher like on a podcast or something? And he says, oh yeah, I think it'd be great. Now I kind of felt like I knew where this might be going. Jeffrey and Julie never miss a sermon that I preach. And so I didn't want to be prideful, but I kind of wanted to take in the moment, and he says to her, as he's telling me the story, I have a preacher for you. I think you should listen to him every week. His name is Andy Stanley. <laughs> I guess a dose of humility is good for all of us from time to time, right? He says to her, do you go to church? She said, no, I don't go to church. I don't know that much about churches, and I wouldn't really know how to pick a church if I wanted to go. And she says, besides, I think that if I went to a church, I would probably just cry all the way through it. I would be so emotional that I would embarrass myself. I don't go to church. And then she says, right now, I just feel really lost in my life. He said, she goes back to cleaning my teeth, and as she does, she starts crying. And he said, of course, I started crying. And then she says, I think somebody knew I really needed you to come and talk to me today. And he says, I think so too. After we hung up the phone, I'm driving down the road in my car, and it was a great reminder to me that I live in a world that is full of people who feel really lost in life. But they're trying to search their way out of it. They're looking for meaning, they're looking for purpose, they're looking for joy, a sense of belonging. And so that's where I want to spend the time that we have left together, okay, today, this is what I want to talk about. Life is meant to be full. In fact, Jesus said that. Jesus said, the reason I showed up, the reason I came to this earth is because I want your life to be really full. Life is meant to be full, but instead it can become an exhausting search for meaning, for purpose, for joy, and a sense of belonging. So I want to talk to you about the Easter story today from Luke chapter 24, okay? But before I dive into the Scripture, let me give you some good context. Let me catch you up on what's been going on this past week in the life of Jesus. So, a week ago on Palm Sunday, Jesus enters Jerusalem. There is dancing in the streets, people. People are saying, I believe this is the Messiah. Then on Monday, Jesus cleanses the temple. You might remember that story. On Tuesday, Jesus is questioned by religious authorities. On Wednesday... For 30 pieces of silver, Judas sells his soul and betrays Jesus. On Thursday, Jesus has the last supper with his disciples, and he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And on Friday, Jesus is crucified. Saturday, his body lays in the tomb. But Easter Sunday, Jesus is raised from the dead. So let me take you right to the story, okay? Here's the way Luke tells the story. Very early. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. Now, the Easter story is full of surprise and astonishment and shock and confusion. And here's what they found. The stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So they've not only found the stone rolled away, which is surprising, but no body. And while they were wondering about this... Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Now they're seeing angels. Surprise number three. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? It's an awesome question. Why don't you read it out loud with me? Why do you look for the living among the dead? I think we ought to read it one more time because it might be one of the best questions that has ever been asked. You ready? Here we go. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Don't you remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered His words. So when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they, meaning the apostles, did not believe the women because their words to them seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now that's how the women and the apostles and Peter responded to the resurrection. And the question you have to answer before you leave this place today is how do you respond to the resurrection? What if I told you that I went to a fitness center like a big fitness center, a major chain fitness center with just rows of ellipticals and rows of treadmill, lots of weight machines and lots of free weights. And everybody in there is just pumping iron and running on the mills and the ellipticals. And they're just trying to sculpt their bodies into just chiseled pieces of work, you know, sweating, working out, good stuff going on. And what if I told you I walked up to the counter and I said to the person by the counter could I get two scoops of chocolate ice cream and a waffle cone? You would say to me, hey, Rick, why would you go to a fitness center and ask for two scoops of chocolate ice cream and a waffle cone? You can't get it there. I mean, the person would have probably said to me, yeah, this is a fitness center. We don't sell ice cream. And if I would have said, do you know where I might get some ice cream? He would probably say, why don't you try an ice cream shop? so I would say thank you and leave. It sounds like an absurd question, doesn't it? Why would you do that? I think it sounds a lot like the question that the uh, angels asked the women at the tomb. What, why would you come here <laughs> looking for Jesus? Don't you remember? Didn't he tell you that after he was crucified on the third day he would be raised to life? And then they remembered. You know what? As crazy as the question sounds, i got some other crazy questions. You ready? I brought a whole list with me. Why would you look for happiness in money? You can't find it there. Somebody is saying, why don't you give me a shot at it? I do like the one guy's take who said, happiness, or rather money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a jet ski. And I've never seen anybody riding a jet ski who didn't seem to be happy. Why would you look for acceptance and belonging on social media? Do you know how many people are hanging by a thread emotionally based on people's responses to their social media interaction? Here's a good one. Why would you look for hope in the government? <laughs> oh, now you're with me all of a sudden, yeah. Why would you look for intimacy in casual sexual relationships? Why would you look for peace of mind in drugs and alcohol? Here's what I'm trying to say, okay? I think this is a true story. We find ourselves looking for right things, but we look in the wrong places. And the angel was trying to say to the ladies, looking for Jesus is not a bad idea. You've just come to the wrong place. And we find ourselves constantly looking for the right things, but we look in the wrong places. We look for meaning, and we look for purpose, and we look for joy, and we look for a sense of belonging. But we've all looked in the wrong places. And here's the real punch in the gut. It takes us to places we were never supposed to be. I think about all the people that I've known throughout my life. And I think about my own story. People who are looking for the right things. It's not wrong to look for intimacy. It's not wrong to look for joy. It's not wrong to look for a sense of belonging. I thought about story after story of people who have looked in the wrong places. And it left them asking the question, how in the world did I ever end up here? I never dreamed my life could come to this. So, so I would I would say that we've had a pretty tough winter. What would you say? I don't think I could get an amen out of this crowd if if I tried. Really, I would say we had a rough winter. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. Starting with that terrible ice storm in early October in, in, in October though, you remember, and then and then that deep what was it? 12 days of below freezing in in February. So. Um, I took a picture of some of my evergreens. Here they are, okay? I don't think it's ever good when your evergreens are brown. And my evergreens were brown. And I just decided that as much as I love these trees, they're called blue atlases, and I'm really grateful for the guy who planted them there when he owned the house. And there's lots of them in our yard, and Annette and I love them, but we were just sick over the fact that our blue atlases looked to us like they were dead. And so we just kept watching and watching and wondering. And we kept calling people and asking, what about our trees? And they said, just wait. And I went back and I took another picture just a couple of days ago. And before I show you the picture, I want you to know that this picture has not been photoshopped or edited in any way to deceive the viewers, okay? But here's the next picture. I love it. What do you see? Yeah, green. Buds and sprouts. The trees are alive. When my friend Lauren Hall wrote about it, he said, as brutal as February was spring will still arrive. It cannot be stopped. And I began to think about those trees and I began to think about Lauren's words and I began to think about Easter and I concluded in my own heart that as brutal as Friday was and it was brutal. I was in my house on Friday night and I was watching television and I was flipping through channels and I came by the movie The passion of the Christ and I could only stay there for about 30 seconds and I flipped to another channel I could not watch it I have watched that movie one time in my life and I have not been able to watch it again it was too brutal and as brutal as Friday was Sunday would still arrive it could not be stopped yeah so you say Rick So if I've been feeling lost, or maybe even feeling lost in my situation as to know what to do, and I've maybe been looking and, and, and admittedly sometimes in the wrong places, is the resurrection the answer? I think there's another way to say it. And here's the other way to say it. Hey, Rick Harvey, let me ask you something, man. Or let me tell you something. If Jesus walked out of his tomb, then I just want to say that I want to walk out of my tomb as well. Anybody in the room like that? If Jesus walked out of his tomb, then I want to walk out of my tomb too. And so what is your tomb? Is it an exhausting search for meaning or for purpose or for joy or for a sense of belonging? Is your tomb sickness? You just can't get well physically? Is your tomb grief because of the loss that you've experienced this past year? Is your tomb a family struggle? And you just can't get it worked out, you can't get it resolved? Is your tomb depression? Is your tomb despair? Is your tomb addiction? Is your tomb sinfulness? And are you asking yourself the question, can I get out of this tomb? I've got some really good news for you because the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians, the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, read the words with me, will raise us with Jesus. See, I I take this as a promise. This says we can get out of the tomb too. But it's God who brings you out. It's God who calls you to life. I think about my friend Dave Alsler who called me last week. It's always good to hear his voice. He lives in Cincinnati. Dave was one of those guys who was searching But he was looking in the wrong places. And for Dave Alsler, it was uh, mixing together a little Jack Daniels whiskey and a little Coca Cola. And uh, every morning, and every mid morning, and every afternoon, and every mid afternoon, and every evening, it got to a place in Dave's life where it was no longer optional, it was a necessity. It had to happen. But God began to call Dave out of that tomb. And I remember when Dave first started showing up at church on Sunday morning. And one day, on a Sunday morning, God said to Dave Ausler, I want to raise you to new life. I want you to come out of that tomb. But instead of turning to Jesus that day, Dave Ousler walked out of that service and he got his car and he drove to his house and he punched the button and his garage door opened and he pulls in, puts his car in park and he turns off the ignition. But he does not get out of the car. He sits there and he thinks... And he contemplates and he thinks, and he contemplates, and God keeps speaking. And finally Dave Ausler starts the engine, and he puts his car in reverse, and he backs out, and he drives back to the church, and he sets through the second service, and at the end of that service, Dave Ausler responded to the voice of God calling him out of that tomb, and his life has been forever changed. Do you know what he does today? It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy good. Do you know what he actually does today? He pastors a church. <laughs> because God raises people to life. Yeah. So how do you respond? I think that's the question. I like the responses in some ways in the Word. The women, they believed. Not only did they believe, but they go telling other people this story. So you might have come today saying, Wow, I'm a believer and I've got purpose and meaning and I know Jesus. I'm glad Rick preached this sermon to everybody else. That's not the truth. I'm talking to you. I want to ask you right now, who are you telling this story to? I feel like God's planted something in my heart. What if you ask God to give you one in 2021? God, give me one person to tell this story to in 2021 and let them come to know Jesus like I've come to know Jesus. Give me one in 2021. You may say, I don't think I've ever really shared Jesus with anybody in my life. Give me one in 2021. In 2022, I think we should ask for two. How many do you think we should ask for in 2023? No. The apostles responded in a different way. They did not believe and they didn't do anything. They just said, It seems like nonsense. But Simon Peter responded in a different way. He says, I can't let this thing lay. I got to go see for myself. And he ran to the tomb and he found that Jesus had been raised from the dead. See, we know how they responded. How do you respond? In a moment, if you need prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. And then after you've stood, I'm going to pray for you. And if this morning you're saying, Rick, I feel like I'm in a tomb, it has taken the very life out of me. And so, whether your tomb is an exhausting search for meaning and purpose and joy, or whether your tomb is sickness, or whether your tomb is grief, but you don't know the pain in my heart over this loss. Or whether your tomb is the struggle within a family, or whether it's depression or despair, or whether your tomb is addiction, or whether it's sinfulness. in a moment I want you to stand up and I want to pray that God will raise you to new life. And so if you need prayer this morning and something has taken the very life out of you and you want to live again, would you just stand where you are? And as you stand, in a moment I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you and for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you and you. And I'm going to pray for you, Evelyn. I'm just going to pause for another minute in case others want to stand because I would love this morning to include you in my prayer. You see, God's not about you existing, (laughs) He's all about you living. He wants your life to be full. And this morning, maybe God is calling you out of that which is taking life right out of you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you to raise people to new life. Where there is forgiveness needed, Lord, I pray that right now prayers of confession would be prayed. Like my friend Dave Alsler when he said, Lord, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for looking in the wrong places. I pray, Lord, that in this moment right now where comfort is needed, that you will comfort hurting hearts. I pray, Lord Jesus, where healing is needed, that you will bring about healing. You are God. And there is nothing beyond your power. If you can raise your son Jesus from the dead. You can raise these people to new life. I thank you Lord. For hearing us pray. And I'm believing that you're at work right now. In these moments transforming human lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.